This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Majid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. I'll begin by reading a poem that'll be familiar to uh, some of you. Hymnus on Patrum Sinensis by Philip Whalen. I praise those ancient Chinamen who left me a few words, usually a pointless joke or a silly question. A line of poetry drunkenly scrawled on the margin of a quick splashed picture, bug, leaf, caricature of teacher, a paper held together now by little more than ink and their own strength brushed momentarily over it. Their world and several others since gone to hell in a handbasket. They knew it, cheered as it whizzed by, conked out among the busted spring rain cherry blossom wine jars, happy to have saved us all. I'm reading the poem from this edition of his book, Memoirs of an Interglacial Age. It's published in 1960. It was hand-set, hand-printed. For a hand-printed book, they, they printed, I, I believe, 1,250 paperback copies, which was a pretty big addition for such little book of poetry in those days. But in addition, they also had 60 copies uh, hardbound. Uh, and of those 60 copies, 15 were especially inscribed by Whalen with a little line of poetry and a drawing. The copy I'm reading from was one of those 15 and it's inscribed to Jonathan Williams, personally, with vast regards. And it has a little drawing, caricature drawing of a bird, and under it says, Oriole, which way to Baltimore? Now, interesting to me that it's uh, described to Jonathan Williams because I had a chance to know him and publish a portfolio of his photographs at one point during my days as a letterpress printer. And so having this copy inscribed by Whalen to Williams now ending up with me, has a particular kind of 
significance. But what kind? And is it something we should value? And what about the poem? What are the values expressed in the poem? Yeah, I thought of the poem first in terms of some of the themes we've been talking about, which have to do with the idea of effort in practice and values. What are we doing and why are we doing it? And the poem itself is probably a good expression of what Alan Watts called beat Zen, the Zen of uh, enlightened masters uh, lying around telling jokes and getting drunk. Very little in there about uh, asceticism or discipline. And yet it's a hymn to Chinese ancestors, a kind of acknowledgement of, of a tradition, of an old ideal that in some ways we're attempting to cre create for ourselves now. In thinking about the difference between reading this poem in the uh, paperback edition, which I believe is in the Zendo library, or in this edition, uh, or even, uh, as you'll know, that on the wall of the Zendo, we have a copy of this poem, which is actually Whalen's original handwritten manuscript of the poem. So we have all these different ways in which the poem is transmitted. And it made me think of the uh, Walter Benjamin uh, essay on the work of art in the age of mechanical reproduction. Why should we uh, prefer the personally inscribed book or the original manuscript framed on the wall to the paperback edition uh, that's cheap and available to just about everybody. Benjamin uh, said that the original work possessed what he called an aura And that, for him, was something that placed the work within a particular kind of traditional or originally religious framework, as if um, the prototype was uh, an altarpiece 
or something uh, involved in a sacred uh, ceremony or an icon. And he had an interesting quote in that essay. It says, the uniqueness of a work of art is inseparable from its being embedded in the fabric of tradition. Now, it's a very interesting idea sort of juxtaposing a work's uniqueness with its embeddedness in the fabric of tradition. Uh, the way we would almost think of those things as opposites, with the, where the tradition creates a kind of um, uniformity between uh, works. It's how we sort of know to group them together is part of a tradition. But he says the uniqueness of the work is inseparable from its embeddedness. Now that's how I feel about uh, owning the, uh, the Whalen book. Uh, I think it's part of a tradition. And his, the poem itself is about being embedded in a tradition. Interestingly, the poem is written uh, for Whalen in probably the, the tightest, most formal metrical uh, manner that he ever uh, composed a poem in. Uh, you know his work, most of it, uh, is kind of uh, a collage of images, uh, not at all metrically uh, tight like this. He uh, described his poems as a graph of a mind moving, right? Didn't have much formal structure at all. But in this poem, which is an ode to our forefathers, somehow that one becomes more formally uh, traditional, uh, traditionally recognizable as a poem. Now the thing with uh, Benjamin is that his intention in talking about the aura and tradition uh, the difference between the unique object and the reproduction, his intention was probably exactly the opposite of mine uh, in this. Uh, he was a very uh, committed Marxist. And so when he talks about tradition, He's talking about it in a way as something that's inseparable from a uh, oppressive class structure that he wants to see overthrown. Uh, when you have this unique work of art uh, up on the altar in the church, uh, the aura of the artwork and the 
is becomes inseparable from the uh, authority or power of the church over your life. Uh, one infuses the other. And this was something that, uh, in a way, what he wanted to dismantle. And the reproduction of uh, art, first in things like lithography, and then the photograph, and ultimately for him in film, was a kind of um, uh, stripping of the art of aura and, and a process of at least democratization and uh, for him at best, a kind of uh, destabilization of the traditions that uh, were embedded in. So I would say that my project is probably diametrically opposed to that uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, I might say that um, I grew up in a household that was uh, almost entirely devoid of books, art, or music. Um, my mother read uh, mystery stories, Agatha Christie, Rex Stout. Those were the, pretty much the only books in the house. Uh, probably uh, now that I think about it, uh, she was interested in reading novels about uh, frustrated women who murdered their husbands, whether they got away with it or not. My father, although he had a PhD, I don't, I never saw him read a book in, until by the time I was in high school or college. It's an experiment. I tried giving him one to see what he would do with it. Um, as I recall, we made a trade that he would read uh, Henry James' Portrait of a Lady in return for my promising to take the vitamins he made for a year. Um, yeah, he ended up liking it, but never read another one. The only music in the house that I remember was he had an old 45 of uh, maybe Eddie Fisher singing, Oh My Papa. <laughs> so my experience of uh, this was hardly of an, a, an oppressive uh, artistic tradition that I was trying to escape from. It was much more living in a uh, cultural desert, uh, one that had wall-to-wall uh, -wall beige carpeting in it. I believe their minds were also covered in wall-to-wall -wall beige carpeting. In any case, I think my own personal project, going to college and getting educated, eventually reading people like uh, Whalen uh, and Snyder and Ginsburg and Kerouac and you know that whole crew at the time, 
I was both trying to uh, discover uh, a tradition I could connect to and make one uh, for myself. And so I think that uh, getting a hold of a book like this, uh, inscribed by Whalen, it did, as Benjamin said, have this aura about it. It had a sense of connection uh, to something original, something authentic, instead of something that was generic and reproduced and impersonal. And I myself got uh, trained in doing letterpress uh, typesetting and printing to uh, create handmade books like this. And uh, at one point, uh, I remember bringing home one of these uh, handset, hand-printed books and giving it to my mother. And she looked at it very quizzically. And she finally said, why would anybody want one of these? <laughs> and she meant it. Uh, why would you go to all this trouble? <laughs> you know, the story, you could just print up the story and Xerox it and so forth. I mean, she was straight out of Walter Benjamin, right? Why don't we just have the the reproduction, why did you do this? I don't think I ever was able to give her an explanation she understood. Now, to bring this back around to uh, our practice, we're not uh, inventing Zen for ourselves in the middle of the desert. Although I do think, as I've said many times, we are actively engaged in constructing for ourselves what's gonna count as our tradition. Uh, we're not simply inheriting it, nor are we making it up out of whole cloth. If we We're in Japan, where the tradition was formal and set and seemingly unchanging for a hundred years. We might think of it as something oppressive and patriarchal and embedded in the uh, social and cultural system in a way that we want to overthrow that or revolutionize it in some way. But what we're inheriting here in America, particularly if you're coming to a Zendo like ours that is many steps removed from those uh, Japanese uh, prototypes, is that we have a uh, rather broad smorgasbord of possibilities of how we create a zendo, how we create a practice, how we understand the role of a teacher or a student, 
And we're not so much trying to um, escape an oppressive hand of tradition as trying to weave for ourselves a fabric of tradition that is arriving to us uh, in pieces, if not in tatters. And if the aura of unique traditional objects is part of that tradition, I think having them around is a way to sort of help weave things together and give them a sense of significance that they don't, wouldn't necessarily otherwise have. In a certain way, when we have the manuscript of the Whalen poem in our entry hall, or over the altar, we have a, an original calligraphic drawing by Thomas Merton. Uh, these are sort of relics of our ancestors. That they sort of serve the function for us, uh, or at least for me, that uh, relics had in an old church. Perhaps they give the place a certain air of, uh, of a sacrament, of being in the presence of something uh, authentic, original, and rare. I think these things ideally help create an atmosphere in our zendo and in our practice and our own sense of, you know, saying, oh, these are the things that we value. These are the people that are part of our tradition. Uh, this is what I'm trying to connect to. I'll leave it there.